Love this podcast? Support this show through the Acast Supporter feature. It's up to you how much you give and there's no regular commitment. Just hit the link in the show description to support now. Hello, listener, and welcome to episode 32 of the From the Finney podcast with Ollie, Jimmy and me, Jake. In this episode, we'll be joined by Chris Sedgwick to review the defeat at Hillsborough, and we've also got George from Lanks Live. We'll discuss our third defeat of the month, the streaky championship, and we've got some listener questions as well as rounding up the transfer window. So enjoy. How are we, fellas? Are we good? Not too bad, yeah. mate. Good, yeah, good, bad, good. Mate. Looking forward to uh, putting the worlds to right. It's what a Sunday's for at the minute, isn't it? Isn't it? Yeah. Yeah, before we crack on, as always, just a reminder that you can support us here at From the Finney with a donation. If you just head over to supporter.acast.com forward slash from the finney and all the money that's received helps just to keep the podcast and the website running and is massively appreciated. And with three reviews away from hundred on Apple Podcasts as well now. So if you're listening to us on the Apple Podcast app, then we'd appreciate if you could just leave us a review i think it's overwhelmingly positive uh we're still five star rated as well which is great so thank you for that if you've left us a review in the past um yeah we'll appreciate we'll it as well isn't it it's like it's yeah, just it is, nice it is. To, it's nice to have a bit of a of good news every I now think and again we you know we always talk don't we about how the negativity sort of shines through at times and and those that have got something to moan about tend to be the loudest but it is nice just to read some nice stuff from people um you know and it makes it feel a bit worthwhile in all honesty so yeah cheers if you've left us one and, and if you are about to leave us one uh thank you in advance yeah so we're joined by chris sedgwick who was on cocoms for the game yesterday how are we chris are we good i'm good thank you how are you yeah not too bad Tar. not too bad yeah first of all have you is that the first empty ground you've been in since football no, sort of been back i've been couple uh, so far. I was at the Preston Rotherham game at, at uh, the New York Stadium. Uh, yeah, Brownie was at that one, wasn't he? Yes, yeah, yeah. it was. Which, uh, a pretty drab affair, that one, to be honest. It, it weren't a great game. Uh, and obviously, yes, the first time I've been to, to Hillsborough and seen, seen that empty, it was weird, really, really weird. I mean, it, it weren't even like a reserve game. It, it was just, yeah, sooner the fans get back in, the better, really. Yeah, definitely, definitely. I think first half yesterday, I'd say apart from maybe the opening sort of 10, 15 minutes, we were largely in control. We just couldn't really find that cutting edge, that, that sort of killer killer moment in the final third, if you will. Yeah, like, like you said, first, first kind of 10, 15 minutes, Chef Wednesday really came came out of the traps and, and put pressure on the back foot, which you'd expect them as a home team to, to kind of come out like that. But I thought after that initial period, Preston kind of settled into the game. They, they kind of started getting that midfield three on the ball. Uh, and they were patient up to a point. But then when they got into that final third, it just seemed to peter out a little bit too much. You know, they, like I said, there wasn't that killer pass or the, the cross were delayed or they just didn't ask enough questions of Kieran Westwood uh, for the possession that they had. Yeah, it's a bit of a strange game, weren't it, really? I suppose you've got to make the possession and your sort of territory count because, you know, like you said, we're on the front foot and just didn't test him at all, did we? Like, just, I think we had, what, two or three shots on target yesterday. It just felt like a bit of a drab affair and just... Yeah. 
Yeah, I think there were only one shot in the first half that didn't really trouble him. There were a few kind of crosses that, that, that went in, but again, there weren't many bodies in the box when they came. And it, it just seemed a little bit nice, if you if you want. You know, they were happy to kind of have possession and move them across, but they, they didn't really go on and, and hurt them when, when they could have. There were a couple of times where, um, you know, they, they got in areas around the edge of the box and you're thinking, I think Brad Potts had one where he, he were actually in the box and you're thinking, go on then commit him and he, and he looked to pass it instead of kind of going and getting a shot off and just little moments like that really where they never really took control of the game I thought there was loads of space down the sides of their back three and we just didn't get down the sides of them I thought I wanted Barky Barku's in start yesterday I, I just think Potts is a bit of a means to an end at the minute um, but to be fair when Barker came on he, he like played up front didn't he he didn't really get down the sides of them but I just thought their back three like there was so much space down the sides of it. We just went like but Whiteman got on the ball, but we just just side to side, like you say, Chris. Um I just the only reason I could see them scoring was gonna be a set piece or something from Barry Bannon. I thought Ledson clocked onto Bannon quite well. Um I just it's just, the goal is exactly the same as the Cardiff goal after lockdown, if you remember. Long throw at Deepdale, two yeah. headers and then just a really poor defensive uh, combination again but we just had no attacking impetus did we we didn't bring Chad Evans on off the bench he was, he was your second choice striker we changed the shape last 20 and we just it petered out quite comfortably for them I thought and I think that's their f- fourth home win in a row yeah. so they're actually on decent decent form at home to be fair but yeah it's just we've dis- disappointing it. we've said it in the past haven't we quite a few times that I mean I don't know how many North End games you've seen Chris but there's been there's been times where we've made sort of two three changes late on, and they're the the last changes we can make, and we just look a mess. I think this rule of you no know, all these subs you can now bring on. I think it for me it, it can it, it can lose the flow of the game. Like you see it in preseason games, international games when they make six or seven subs. And, the whole flow of the game goes for me because you're asking kind of six lads to come on and get into the, the flow of the game that's already kind of happening. And it just doesn't work, I don't think. I think but the, the temptation is always there while while you've got, you know, you're thinking, oh, I can throw him on and throw him on. Yeah. Whatever that's there, they're going to do it because, you know, sometimes it works, sometimes it doesn't. But I think it's hard to ask six lads to go on and make an instant impact. Yeah. I think just because you can use, use them all, I don't think you have to. I think... Yeah. I just couldn't understand bringing Rafferty and Cunningham on at fullback, mm. um, and then leaving Evans on the bench. So I just, I think like like you said, Jake, we've done it a lot where he, he makes a couple of changes on sixty, and then when he gets to seventy, he makes three more, and then you're changing half your half your outfield, aren't you? And it's yeah. ten players out with twenty two are changing on the pitch, and the last twenty minutes just sort of peters out. I think. Um, we just didn't make any impact. Rafferty and Cunningham made no impact, did he? Just from fullback. It, it, it's tough coming on as a fullback in a game like that yeah. when you want to kind of go on and take the ascendancy. And all these, all the changes and the stops and starts, it, it played into kind of Sheffield Wednesday's hand to an extent because they were happy to kind of keep killing the game. And yeah. you could see every time it went out for a throw in, they slowed it right down. Subs were taking ages. And you look at that, like I say, that back three that they had. Sam Hutchinson's been in Cyprus he's not played for a while you know mm. we're a brand new back three that, that had gone in there really and you, you're thinking go on then ask them some questions can can they run and, and 
it didn't slide that ball down sideways enough. It, it was crying out for it. Um, Andy Hughes did it, tried to get it sliding a few times, but you can only play it if you've got willing runners who are going to run run in there at the same time. Yeah, I think that's sort of ties into what Alex Neal said recently about we need an extra body out wide. We need some another option from from the wingers because you got Scott Sinclair who can make things happen. I think we've said it in the past on here. We've referred to him as a moments player. But he's not really anymore the type of player that'll that'll get up and get out a defender, if you know what I mean. Yeah. Um, Barkay's seems to be playing within himself recently. He doesn't doesn't seem to be. I don't know if it's confidence or what. I mean, you'll probably know better, Chris, being a winger yourself. But he, he just seems to always look for the safe option. You know, whether that's stopping and playing a square pass or going back to the fullback behind him or. You know, he doesn't look to sort of get at a fullback or get at the space that is left out wide of, of a back three anymore. Well, you look at you look at his pace he's got, and you you want him to be direct and and get at people and get balls in. And probably in defence result, but it, it's sometimes tough when you're in and out of the team to try and try and get a run of games. And you're sometimes thinking, God, I don't I don't want to get away because if if I do, I might not play next week. You know. If you know you kind of you've got a run of five or six games and you you're going to be in whatever, then you'll try things and you'll you'll you know you you will be aggressive with it. But sometimes when you're in and out of the team, it, it, it is tough. You know you, you don't want to make that mistake and you are a bit safe sometimes. He's a very, very streaky player, league. isn't he? So got on. I'm not just going to say. I think Barky once he gets a goal, you can see he's a massive confidence player, can't you? I think I think he's gone on a run this season where he scored was it five and six, yeah. and then he's not. I don't think he scored since then. I don't think he's suited to coming on when you're losing a game. I think he's more suited to when we're ahead because um, he just got lightning pace. And I'm not sure he's the best against like one on one against a defender. Um, but I think we've been saying it for a few months now. We just well, we've got a day left, don't we? We need to sign, you know, two more players. Um, I think we're going to come out to that in the second half. But if we don't sign any more attackers, I think we'll just be quite drab to watch. Yeah. Yeah. I think the other thing with Barker is, lads, you know, it's all well and good and beating a man on the outside, but if he's got nobody in the box to cross the ball to, there's no, you know, what's he going to do? It's like, there's no point putting crosses into, into the box when there's only one man there. If he, if he attacks him and he tries to, you know, be direct at goal, then I, then I get it. But, you know, as a, as a wide player, if he's, if he's attacking him on the, on the wing and he's getting to the byline to cross the ball and there's only one person in the box and it's Maguire, then... Sort of defeats the object. It's no wonder he's having to come back. I know, but it's every, it's every every time, you know, the, the attack just peters out because we go backwards. We don't have anyone who can beat a man, do we? One on one. So it goes wide, and then it, it goes back either to the centre mid or the full back, and then it goes, you know, back cross pitch. Um, so I just think we're quite easy to defend against once a team goes ahead. They could just sit in a shape against us. I think it, it was crying out yesterday. I mean. Like we talked about, you know, the, the new back three in there for Chef Wednesday, you were crying out for balls to be put in, and, and time and time again, they turn that opportunity down. You think you just put it in and ask questions, see see if they can defend it, you know. And if that's me, and obviously you're playing out wide, you're putting that ball in, and if there's no one in there, then you're asking questions why they're not in there. You know, you've done your job as a wide man, you put it in, that, that's your job to put crosses in. And then it's your midfielder's job and your striker's job to make sure they're getting on end of it. And if there's one person in there, then you're saying to your midfield, but, you know, we don't need three players holding the edge of box. You know, mm. go, take a chance, get in there. Look at yeah. the way Sheffield got out of the league playing that way. They were putting crosses in. They had both kind of wing backs in the box. They had midfielders. They had two strikers, and they just flooded that area. 
I'm not saying uh, Preston have played the same way, but you've got to ask questions and, and put that defence un, under pressure. Yeah, yeah. I thought That's I thought we had one play. player. I thought we had one player who could who looked like he wanted to beat a man, and that was Malumbi yesterday. I thought when he got into them sort of narrow right positions, he wants to take people on, and I think he put in the cross for Whiteman, didn't he? Um, yeah, which was probably the best chance. I thought Whiteman probably should have hit the target, but I think Malumbi is just positive on the ball. I think some of the others are just a bit safe yesterday, yeah. particularly. Yeah, I probably agree. I mean, they've got the makings of a good team. Do you know what I mean? They've got some good players. Alan Brown's a good player, you know, um, in there. Ledson, I like him. He, like I say, a bit safe at times, but he's a good player. He puts some, he switched play a couple of times really well. Uh, like Whiteman, I like him. He, he's going to be a good player. You know, he wants to get on it. It'll take him a few weeks to kind of get up to that championship pace, but, you know, I think he definitely will do. And I think if they can just add one or two more, there's a great chance of getting in that top six because no one's putting runs together because of everything that's going on with COVID and, and players isolating and things. It's hard to get a settled team out there. So I think if, if they can get a run of two or three games where they're winning on the bounce, then they're right in the mix. Yeah, so second half then. Obviously, the goal goes in at, at half, well, pretty much bang on half time. And he, I think it's quite clear to see that that's, that killed us, really. Um and the second half was just a very pedestrian half of football, I think. I don't think it ever got going in the second half. I think, I, I kind of said yesterday on, on Combs, I think Alex Neal would have been quite pleased with that first. That goal not going in, he's going in at half-time saying, listen, maybe up the tempo a little bit, you know, get more shots in. But he, he, I think he's relatively pleased with that first half, you know. It's just that switching off at the last minute, it, it causes the whole game to change its shape. Yeah. I think they're, you know, they are near the bottom of the league, but I think they have got some decent experienced players who can, you know, hold on to a lead. Um, but I think, what was it, 45th minute, literally the goal went in, or 44th minute, something like that. So, like, like Sedgy says, I think we have got makers of a proper decent side. Um, I think yesterday we were, we were solid again, weren't we? I think it's, I think that's one goal in 10 games um, from open play that we've conceded, obviously, yesterday was a throw-in, but I think we are looking quite solid. I think we've just changed the way we've played recently without Pearson and Bauer. I think we're pressing a lot less. I think we're just committing less players to attack. So, But there was one stage of the season where we conceded the most goals in the league. Um, I think he's tried to react to that and become more solid, but it, what is it now? One goal in five games now? Yeah, scored. Yeah, so I think it's just trying to find that balance like we, I think we scored third or fourth most goals um, at one stage and obviously conceded the most. So, I don't know. I think, you know, we're 11th in the league now. I think that's that's probably par for course, isn't it, for where we should be at the minute? Yeah, I think it would just... If you look at the results we've had, you know, I think we've got a mid-table team that's getting mid-table results, in all honesty. You know, if, you, if I always said at the start of the season, like, if we can improve on last year... Then that's that's good for me, you know. Build it on year on year. I think we're ten wins off what we achieved last season. We've got what nineteen games left, so thirty points from our last nineteen games. That's what we need, you know. And we've improved on what we did last year. So I don't think we're going up, but I don't. We're definitely not going down. And that's the key thing for me. This year was always going to be about transition. It's always going to be about these players coming and going. So look, the football across the league hasn't been great this year. I think it was nine out of twelve games. 
over the past week. I've had like two or less goals in. You know, Championship's not a great league this year. It's a little bit boring and I think it just affected everyone. Yeah, no, I completely agree. And I think, um, well, question, question for you, Chris. How, how much do you think it would affect a player? I mean, I know they've had quite a while sort of with no fans in the ground now, but how do you think it, it would affect sort of performance levels? Because in the past, we've had Ben Pearson, who's obviously he's not at the club anymore, but during the lockdown, he was quite vocal about a lack of fans means that he struggles to sort of get himself up for games as, as he would have done in the past. Do you think that's something that can be sort of carried out across the board? or? Yeah, definitely. I would, I mean, just watching it yesterday, I would have hated playing, you know, in a stadium like that. You know, there's no atmosphere. You can hear every tackle, every screen. It, it, and I, I know it's the same for everybody kind of thing and it's across the board, but it, it, it's a completely different game, if you like, you know. You know, there's nothing better than coming out when you're at home and you've got everyone behind you and, and you know, you, you start on that front foot and straight away, the, the crowd's up and behind you, and, you know. It makes such a difference to a game, Joe. And there are players that thrive off that. And on the other side of the con, there's other lads who crumble under playing in front of a crowd and they'll be loving it at the minute. Do you know what I mean? But on yeah. the whole, it must be really, really difficult to play without fans in the stadium. Yeah. Um, last last one sort of on yesterday then. I think Alex Neil was quite scathing in his post-match comments about the attack and sort of our, our lack of attacking ability in the game, if you will. Um, I think after the Wickham game it was as well in the Cup, he was quite outspoken about the fringe players and sort of answering the question that a lot of fans and people were asking, well, why do you not play X, Y or Z? And he, he kind of came out and said, well, you've seen today, why? Um, obviously, you're the ex-pro amongst us, Chris. How how do you think, or how would you have sort of reacted to comments in the press from from the manager in in that sort of manner? I would imagine it's probably nothing. He's he's not said to the faces in in the dressing yeah. room. He comes across as a very honest manager. What is what you get, and you know you'll always have that. Well, you'll have lads who aren't in team who are, who should I should be playing. I should be in going and knocking on the manager's door. And they get the chance and they don't deliver. And, you know, they've, they've got no one to blame but themselves. You know, it's, it is hard sometimes to come in and play play well. But if you're on knocking on the manager's door and you're saying, I should be playing, when you get that opportunity, you've got you've got to deliver. Do you know? <laughs> or you, you end up with egg on your face, so to speak. So, you know, it, it were a bit like, with some of the comments, you know, you've got to take it on the chin, you know, as, as a player. You, you know yourself whether you've played well or, or bad. You don't need... You know, you don't probably need the manager or the fans or anyone else to tell you if you're honest with yourself. But it, it was just a bit toothless yesterday. Where it, it it kind of got into good good positions, and you're thinking it's going to happen, and it never did. And unfortunately, up that top end of the pitch, that that's why they they're paid the big bucks because they're the ones who win games for you. And if if they're not not performing, then as a team, you don't win games. Yeah, I thought you know I think we've only signed what is it three attackers in the last eighteen months. You know, Sinclair's the only wing we've signed in about two years, I think. So it's just a bit stale for me. You know, Maguire's obviously injured yesterday. I think he's been in good form, Maguire. I know people don't really rate him, but I think he helps you at the top end. I think, you know, Pot, Sinclair and Barkey are the three options out wide. Um, you know, we've we've let Harrop go this month. We've let Stockley go. Um, so we've actually ended the month with less options than we started it up front. So for me, it's somewhat that 
Alex Neil will definitely be looking at in the next 24 hours, Jake. Yeah. Yeah, it needs to be. And, and like I said before, you know, he's been quite open about he's not hidden from the fact that he wants another winger in. Um, just on the transfer window, Chris, how how easy is it, do you think, for a team or a squad to become too settled and to become start to become a bit stale? It, it can need freshening up, John. Sometimes when you're in that dressing room, you know, it, it, it's a boost for everyone when someone comes in because, it, you know, if, if they sign someone in your position, it keeps you on your toes or, you know, you've got a fight on. You know, the lads will be looking around. Obviously, Pearson's gone. Uh, looks like Ben Davis will probably go. Two big players in that dressing room are going to be leaving. So, they're going to be looking to see it's who steps up to the plate to take that position. Uh, and going to be looking for who's going to come in. And For me, it's, it's a great club to join. You know, it's, it's a club that's on the up. You know, it's if I'm a player like looking to come in, you've got the new training ground, you've got a manager who's ambitious, you've got an owner that's backing the manager. You know, I think they're in a really good spot at the minute. When you look at, compare them to Sheffield Wednesday at the minute, ooh, it's absolutely carnage. You know, they've, they've, they're on the third manager of the season. You know, the bills aren't getting paid. I don't think the players have been paid the wages again. They can't get players in. And Siri spends more time talking to the press than anything else it, as well. It's chalk and cheese on, on, on where you are as, as clubs, you know, and you, and you think, if I'm from the outside looking in, you're thinking, well, you know, I'm looking at a club here that's going places and that's, they've got a really good chance of getting in the playoffs this year. At this point in the pod, if it sounds like we're going backwards a bit, I apologise, but George was having a few technical issues and only managed to join us about 20 or so minutes in, so... Yeah, that explains why this bit maybe sounds a little bit erratic. But yeah, I'll hand you over to George. What have you sort of already discussed? Well, Chef a bit late. Just how shit we were yesterday, George. Yeah, pretty much. Yeah, is that it? <laughs> Weren't great, were it? I just the last fifteen minutes were the most disappointing for me because I know we hadn't created too much, but I, I thought that we, I thought we were going to get a goal, and then took Malumbi and Reese off and it just I don't know if they'd been sort of sat in the shape and they'd saved all their energy but then last 10 minutes we, we couldn't get anywhere near the net and they were they were first to everything and keeping it in the corner which you can't really blame them for because they're scrapping for points aren't they but just sort of died of death in the end and then three minutes added on it was, there was there was nothing really in the last 10 minutes and I think Jimmy made the point before I looked at the results yesterday apart from Brentford um, they're all 1-0 all 1-1 can't really remember too many matches I've actually enjoyed this year, to be fair. Um, apart from maybe like Reading and Bournemouth, Brentford, but I, I rarely want to put a match on the telly, like a championship match on the telly and watch it because football is it's just, most teams are playing five at the back. It's, it's, it's not very entertaining to watch, really, I don't think, from a neutral point of view. And yesterday was just one of them games again where get the early, get that goal and then not much happens after that. Like I said in my piece for Max Live last week, George, it's the most boring championship in, in history. It is, yeah. You know, in terms of goals scored, like we're going to be 250 goals down compared to last mm. season across the league. It's like, it's just a little bit turgid, to be honest. And mm. I think teams are, if they're going in front, they're, they're doing everything they can to not concede equaliser. And that's yeah. why a lot of games are finishing, I think the, the most common result this year is 1-1. You know, yeah. I think it's like nearly half the games have finished one. It's like that's ridiculous. You know, that's a lot of games just petering out into. And that's do you think sort it's of like yesterday? Do you think like, that's just a product of what's going on at the minute? 
I, would, I, would just, I think no fans in, in the stadium has a big impact on that as well. You know, mm. you, you've not got you've not got you kind of your fans pushing you on. Do you know? What? I mean, imagine that game yesterday where you've got you know the away fans in there and the home fans, and you know, yeah. three minutes goes up and, and Preston is still playing it back at the back. If the fans are going to be going nuts, aren't they? Saying get it forward, get it in the box, but you know, there's none of that going on at the minute. So yeah, it's a little bit false, I think, at the minute. Yeah. yeah. Just one, yeah. just one. I just, I know we seen Brentford yesterday put seven past Wickham, but I, you just want a bit of entertainment. You just want teams to actually give it a go. And I don't think it's going to come back properly until fans are back in the ground. You know, mm. it's all well and good having all the, the the fake crowd noise and stuff, but it can't be anywhere near like normality for a player. It just feels, just feels strange. Just like, well, you, you'll know that it's not real, won't you? Well, exactly. Like you look around the seats and you think you'll probably be thinking what. This is strange. You know, was <laughs> probably the most eerie of the lot. Like it's, it's quite old. It's um, not in the best nick, and the echo there was was worse than any I've been to really. And I think Alex Neil said it last season. It's, it's real sort of weird atmosphere at Sheffield Wednesday. It's, you can hear every everything. It's like every cry, every sort of echo. Very strange atmosphere. As a, as an away team going to Hillsborough as well, you know you can use it when when it's a, a full kind of fan base in there you know yeah they can turn very quickly the old fans there. so you, as an away team you use that to your advantage you know you can after 20 minutes if they're not winning it, it's a different place you know and, and a, a lot of away teams wouldn't use that but obviously all that's out the window at the minute yeah 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 um well, we'll round up this this bit then i've just got a question for you chris how how is it as a player during a transfer window do you sort of again i, I suspect it'll be probably six or one and a half a dozen of the other, but I suspect there'll be players that will let the, the speculation sort of get to them because they're probably looking for a move. And then on the flip side, there's players that will just crack on, won't be that bothered. But I mean, for you as a player, how was it? I think nine times out of ten, the, the player in the club knows what's happening. Yeah. Weeks advance, you know, it's rare these things kind of just come out of the blue and happen. You know, the agent finds out weeks before and then, you know, tells a player and he's probably told like Ben Pearson's probably known he's been going to Bournemouth for the last six weeks or so, you know, something like that. And it, it just happens, you know, it, it's very rare that it happens. I, I know when Paul McKenna left, he it were on, on the cards for quite a while that he were going to be going and then it didn't happen. It did. So like I say, it's usually as a player, the lads know in the dressing room who's going to be moving on and who isn't, you know, before anything actually does happen. Yeah. For, for for you then, when when I think it was Parky that stitched you up, were, were you sort of Neil Collins? It was. Was it? Were were you planning a move at that time and it, sort I, of? Yeah, that had been kind of in the in the. I think Fergie had come in at that point. And I, I, he told me that like I could get another club if any if I wanted to. I were a part of contract season, uh, and I'd been speaking to a few, but it, it, it were kind of deadline day were fast approaching, and, and things hadn't happened. Uh, and then obviously Parker changed the number before and rang me about in time of, of the agent so I'm like that's it it's happening I'm off and obviously uh, I, I, it nearly it went right down to the 11th hour that one and it ended up not actually happening in the end anyway which uh, it could these things happen at the same time but uh, yeah it, it, it can be a stressful time it's it's when lads know that they're off they, they tend to be very vocal about it it's very rare that they don't the lads in the dressing room won't know what's happening as well. Yeah. How 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 is it sort of from a 
a family point of view? Because if you're in an area and you settle, are you sort of looking at are you looking at moves and thinking, I don't want to go there because it's in London, for example, and I'm in Yorkshire or Lancashire or wherever? Or are you looking at it from purely it's a job point of view and, and I'm going to have to just sort of suck it up and crack on and do what's best from that point of view? Like Parky never wanted to move out. He used to drive from Barnsley every day, you know, to, to Preston, which is an absolute mammoth trek every day. Where <laughs> some lads will move, and I think some lads aren't bothered. Some lads will move on their own and leave their families at home. So everyone's different, you know. Yeah. For, you want to be going and playing for the best team, and as you get older, you're looking at length of contract and money and things like that. But when you're younger, you just want to go and play and, and play for the best team. Cool. Um, well, unless any of you boys have got anything else for for Chris, I think we can wrap that that section up. Nice cool. Right. Cheers, nice one, Sergi. Much appreciated. Cheers. Yep. Cheers, so much. Cheers, guys. Bye. Cheers, guys. The From the Finney podcast is brought to you in partnership with our title sponsor, Lanks Live. Lanks Live is the most popular news source in the county and is run entirely by a local team who all care dearly about the areas in which they live. Onto matters football, specifically Preston North End, and George Hodgson is their man at Deepdale. He's a North End fan and he asks the questions that the fans want answered. The best thing about Lanks Live is that the news is all free to read and the best way to keep on top of it all is by downloading the app or signing up to the newsletter. Head on over to lanks.live and sign up today. To stay up to date with all the latest news coming from Deepdale, follow their dedicated Twitter account, at PNE Live. And now, back to the podcast. Welcome back to part two of the From the Finney podcast. In this part, we've got George properly, and we're going to discuss another new contract. We've got some listener questions. We'll discuss the window so far. Uh, obviously, it's deadline day when this is out, and we'll probably miss something between recording and releasing. Uh, so barring that, we'll discuss the window, and we'll finish off by looking ahead to Rotherham United on a Saturday. Uh, first of all, fellas, question for all of you. This one's from Adam Salisbury on Twitter. He he tweeted last night and asked, "How long do you give it before before? Sorry, let me try that again. How long do you give it after a defeat before retiring from Twitter for the night? Too long. <laughs> yeah, I was going to say something like that. Better things to do last night. Mass singers on at the minute. It's good that quite enjoy it. So I watched a bit of that. Couple of Bissadores. That was my man out last night. I watched the last Arsenal night. game at half five, which diverted my attention." Yeah, what's a bit of that? A bit hard when you got a two year old running right, isn't it? So good distraction though. Yeah. yeah. So can't complain. I think the yeah, thing is just... at five o'clock, people are just if we lose, it's the worst thing in the world. It's the worst thing of people's week, in it, when we lose and it just spills over. Yeah. Um you know, we'll wake up today, eleventh in the league, they've won four in a row at home, we've lost by a long throw. You know, it's just one of them, isn't it, for me? And I don't suppose you get much chance to turn off, do you, George? No, not really. <laughs> yeah, I, I mean, <laughs> before the job, I was obviously like stuff fan anyway. But so you were sort of in, involved in the like emotion of it. But being like working in it, you realise how quickly it goes from up to down. Like literally, just talk like talking to the manager and things and. 
changes so quickly. So can't get too too miserable when you have a bad defeat in a horrible game like that, and can't really enjoy like when you go to Bournemouth and win because you know you might get beat the next week. So just constantly changing at the minute this season more more so than ever losing one week and then winning. So yeah. Do you think this season's been a lot harder with sort of like no fans and winning and losing and all that sort of stuff in terms of like your job and, and interviewing the players and the manager and all that sort of stuff? Do you think it's made it more difficult? A um, bit more intense, yeah, I think so, because they're people as well and their lives are only football and sitting at home as well. They're no different to us. Like Obviously, they're getting to do the jobs, but they're literally either training traveling or playing um, and that's pretty much it so it's got to take its toll on them and yeah I think it's been a very intense season and not drawing many games has led to the sort of feeling being either very good or or pretty rubbish so yeah probably probably fair enough that yeah um, well DJ then he's specifically mentioned that uh, the the gaffer when he signed his new deal, new two and a half year contract. Um, I know where all you three stand, but can we just put to bed the the the? I don't even know what the word is. Just the the people saying online that the players don't want to play for the manager. He's lost the dressing room. Blah blah blah. Because I think it's quite clear now that he hasn't, and that the players do want to play for him. Jake, people are always going to say that because they're trying to make an excuse as to why we're not performing. So because yeah, that's true. all that is, it's it's just trying to add to this sort of narrative that the players aren't performing, the players aren't playing for the manager. That's why they're not performing. The, the thing is, like this league, like I've just said, like this league's just turgid this year. You know, it's not entertaining. Yeah. We've got probably two or three exciting players, and there's probably teams up and down the league that are in the same boat. We're crying out for an exciting player. I said it two weeks ago. We, we just need yeah. a little bit of a spark and a little bit of it, you know, someone coming in that's going to take on a man and like just get us on, on the edge of our seat again because at the minute we're just lacking that. And I, th- I don't see many teams in the league that have that. You know, Chef Wednesday yesterday, there was no player in their team that you got excited <laughs> about. You know, let's be honest. It's true, like they, yeah. they are the mm. most. Be- if, if they were coloured, they'd be beige, wouldn't they? They were boring as hell. <laughs> they, were just, they were just, they were just effective. Like they, they have that long ball in from a throw. Callum Patterson with his silver hair. That's that's it. <laughs> you know, that's literally all they had. It was just. He's an effective player, though. He's, I quite he's like not, him. He's not pretty, but he's effective. Um, it goes back to what Little Lee said last week. He just said teams are now foregoing entertainment, just grinding out one nil wins. Brentford are the exception. I think the 19 unbeaten now won 7-2 yesterday, but they're just a special case because they're everything that every club should aim to be like. Um, I think I think a lot of it as well in, in general sort of comes back to what you were saying a few minutes ago, George, that, you know, the players and, and the coaching staff are just people at the end of the day and, and their lives at the minute, much like us, are just training, travelling, working, training, travelling, working, sitting at home. You know, so it's 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 going to be affecting them as well. And people might point to, well, the, the X amount of money or the privileged or whatever. And yeah, you, you know, you can look at it and say, maybe footballers are in a privileged position to compared to the vast majority of us. They probably are. Um, but it doesn't change anything from like a mental point of view and, and how people 
react to different things. Um, and and I, I would dare say that's having an impact on performances and and especially individual performances. Well, you saw it with Pierrot, didn't you? I think he's, he's probably got to the point where he's not really excited with playing that much anymore in front of no fans. And wonder if fans were there, would he have really wanted to move? Because he's the sort of player that thrives off it, isn't he? And I think it's very easy to, when football gets a bit boring, you start thinking, oh, how do I get some excitement? Oh, I'm going to go and move somewhere else. Because not getting it really from matches of themselves at the minute yeah um, so DJ then what are your thoughts on that um, yeah good news I wasn't I think I was I think most of us were pretty confident Brown would stay pretty expecting Pearson and Davis uh, Davis to move and then DJ was sort of 50-50 and good I think two out of four if you want to say a four was probably the best we could hope for and we've managed to do that so yeah, I think yeah. two two was one more than I'd I'd have expected to be honest. I think if you roll think, the clock back six seven weeks, you know I don't think anyone expected any of them to sign at one point. You know, so the fact we've got two of them signed on is pretty decent. Obviously, it's a shame about Piero leaving, but the card was already marked on that. He was always going to go. Just case of when. Same with Ben Davis. You know, he's made it clear that he's going to leave at the end of the year. I think with Ben Davis, he showed yesterday. I think he was one of our better players again yesterday. That like, if he's playing like this, and I don't mind keeping him to the end of the season. You know, there's all this all this talk about him, like, are the night down tools and that, where he might injure himself and he's going to pull out challenges. So it's absolute nonsense. Like they've, they're doing the job. You know, they're fulfilling the needs of the contracts. And, the, you know, if he gets injured, he's if he signed a pre contract elsewhere, he's covered. He's still going to get paid up by his new employer. Yeah. So, it it just doesn't make any sense to me, that's, all this like down in sort of nonsense. That's probably games. why Celtic are desperate to try and get something done. Well, yeah. Well, they've got injuries, aren't they, at the back? But going back to um, Brown and DJ, I think if we'd have signed them from another championship club, I think people would be buzzing with the signings. Like if you sign DJ from another championship club, 28 years old, he's got about 70 goal contributions for us. I think other fans rate him highly. Yeah, I, I think, think is you, it you, something you, like 25 goals in the last two seasons from midfield he's got? Mm, don't think it's quite that many. Might be wrong, but he's just a good player, isn't he? and if, if you signed him from, say, I don't know, if you signed him from a Coventry or a Birmingham, you'd be buzzing. You'd be buzzing to sign him. So I think people were saying he's only signed because he didn't get an offer elsewhere, but of course. Well, you could like, say the same got, about Alan Brown. In exactly. fact, Luke, Luke texted me before, George, and said, um, will you read this out on the pod on my behalf? And I'll do it for him. If anyone is saying DJ only signed because other clubs didn't want him, that's how contracts work and is true of every single player. Alan Brown isn't a PNE player, player today if Burnley came in for him, for example. Yeah, exactly. I think it's that simple, isn't it? Um, if they get a better offer, they're going to move. If they don't, they're going to stay. Um you know, it doesn't change how good or bad they are as footballers. They're still very good footballers for me. So it's great to have them signed on. 24 goals it is since start of 2018-19 season, Jake. So the last two and a half seasons. 24 well, it wasn't, goals. wasn't far off then, was it? Yeah. Makes it makes no. a change. Yeah, he's, he's, a, he's, just, all that. he's an effective player, isn't he? He's, you know, he's always just... He's just calm. 
he's got quality in the final third, which we're lacking, to be honest. Um, you know, just, he's coming into his prime as well. Just a point on the contracts. I've I've had a couple of messages from different people, and I've seen things on social media. People saying that it's a waste of a contract, and that that money would have been better spent elsewhere. And I think it it it's not specifically about that money would have been spent better spent elsewhere. I just think it's a, a fact of that's what's being paid in the championship right now. And we're a championship club and we're going to have to move. Whether people think it's it's a worthwhile deal or whatever, we, it's a direction that we have to move in simply because mm-hmm. that's the going rate. That That's what players are getting uh, getting paid. But if you're buying a player of DJ's calibre elsewhere, you're probably talking a couple of million quid. Yeah, and probably more. He's he would probably come in from another club on more than what we're paying him now as well. If he's coming from somewhere like Birmingham, for example, or Bristol City, you would imagine he's probably on not far off what he's on at the minute. Allegedly, yeah. So it's Is fine it, by me. It doesn't bother me. Like oh, no. it's, it's it's a natural a progression deal. and a natural movement for for a club to to take. Well, yeah, we've got another. We've got a player for another two seasons after this one's finished. That's a good level in this league. And if you want to push on next season, like the manager's already said, then you need a player like DJ in your squad. Yeah, you know, I think I think he'll come in on on Saturday personally as well. So I think you know, we'll see what this midfield's like with him back in the team because it is missing that little bit of spark, a bit of creativity at the minute. So, just on that, I mean, I've got got a question. Um, do you think this one's from Alex Ingram on Twitter? And he's asked, do you think the Whiteman-Ledson partnership in the middle is long-term? Personally, no. I'm not sure. Um, I think Whiteman, definitely. I think Ledson, with them four midfielders in terms of Whiteman, Malumbi, DJ and Ledson, you can only play three of them every week. You've already got a fifth one at right back in Alan Brown. So I, I think I think Whiteman and Malumbi is probably going to be the partnership for the rest of the season. I think Ledson will be in and out. I think he put DJ back in on Saturday. Um, I think Ledson probably just needs a little bit of a breather, to be honest. Um, it was a poor mistake leading up to the goal yesterday. Thought it was a bit hot and cold all game, to be honest. Um, this isn't me throwing him under the bus or anything like that, but I just think you just take him out of the firing line a little bit, get DJ back in the team, get your players back on, get get a little bit of confidence back in the team and, and take it from there. But yeah, I don't. I don't really see that long term. Ledson's still got a bit of development to do. Um, yeah, it's just waiting to see on that. Really, I think I don't think it's really. I don't think he's in the firing line. I think you name them five of the five midfielders. I think they're all a class above Ledson for me at the minute. Um, you know, I think he's good, Ledson, but I don't think he's anywhere near as good as people thinking um, at the moment. I don't know. When you've got Malumbi and Whiteman in there, I don't know what Ledson offers you, what they can't do. And I'd rather have DJ in the team as well. So for me, it'd be Malumbi to the right of Whiteman with DJ ahead, Brown right back, Sinclair, Barkey and Reese up front. Um, there'll be games for Ledson. Like, this is the thing. We've probably got how many games? 20 games left, a bit less. People are going to get little niggles. People might get COVID and stuff. Um, so... It, for me, the midfield three that started yesterday, it's like Jimmy said, I don't think it's the ideal midfield three. George, anything to add? No, I think they've summed it up pretty well. I do think he's been a bit erratic in the last couple of games. Um, obviously, he did great when he came back in uh, to the team at the end of last season, um, which was good to see. 
and he's he's a very likable sort of player and you want the type you want to see do well. Um, but the midfield options are strong, so if someone's just dro- dropping down a bit in terms of performances, you you need to get others in there, and because the midfield options are too strong to be sort of not having your midfield winner win a sort of battle in the middle and, and sort of help you to win games. So I, I think DJ will probably come back in on, on Saturday. Yeah, so in terms of the window so far then, obviously there's been a few outgoings this week. Ben Pearson to Bournemouth, uh, Darnell Fisher to Borough, Ben Davis apparently signed a pre-contract agreement with Celtic. Uh, just on Ben Davis, Alex, Neil, I think obviously yesterday... With, with yourself, George, and, and said that the LEP was, from how it reads, quite confident of Ben staying and seeing out his contract. But on the flip side to that, Neil Lennon's been quite vocal in the press in Scotland about hoping to get a deal done before the deadline. Um, I know, obviously, we've got North End tinted glasses on, but which way do you see it going? If I had to say, I think he'll probably stay until the end of the season. That's the... That's everything that's coming from North End end of things. So, yeah, probably go with that. And like Jimmy said before, I think as a fan, obviously you want to see players play that are staying and well, it's committed to the club. But if you got to apply some context, I think Ben Davis has been probably one of the best players, if not the best player for the past couple of months. Why would you leave her? probably one of the best defenders in the league out of your team when you've not got many other options options there he's he's not going to let us down um, no. for one minute I'd, I'd say there's an argument with Ben if he stays for the season that he's in for a shout of player of the year as well yeah yeah he just honestly watching him at the minute I don't know if it comes across on the telly but he's he's so comfortable like, even like yesterday when, when Potts had that chance he just glided through the through the Wednesday half and past it and I know Scott there's some tough games that he'll have with Celtic when he goes there but that's going to be surely so easy for him playing in that league some of them games I know it's a bit of different styles and stuff but at the minute he's making the championship look easy and he's, he's ready to sort of make that step up and I'm just surprised he's not a Premier League team hasn't come in for him because I think he's that good Yeah I think Alex Neil said it the other week didn't he he's a 9 out of 10 near enough week in yeah. week out and he's looking at the rest of the lads and saying what what are you going to offer what are you going to bring to the table because I know Ben's going to be at, yeah. at this high very high level yeah you're waiting for him to make a little mistake or anything but he just everything he does he just pulls it off he's, he's class act stepping up into midfield he's stepping out of the ball a lot more recently as well it's like it yeah. feels to me that the weight's been taken off his shoulders because right? start of the season there was a the odd mistake here and there isn't like it, Obviously, he had his injury as well, which probably didn't help him, but just feels like really comfortable. Probably, and probably playing with Lunts as well. You know, I think that partnership's doing well at the minute. I think it just looks, it makes the game look very easy, yeah. which, you know, it, can't put a price on that really. No, he never breaks sweat. Just so comfortable that in second gear, really. Um, yeah. The SPL will be piss easy for Ben Davis. That'd be a great move for him, that. Because I think he'd look even better in Celtic's team. Yeah. Um, It'll get him that move after, won't it? It'll get him yeah. that step up after. Look at Van Dyke. Yeah. There's quite a few examples, isn't there, Jimmy, of players going to uh, to Scotland and then going to the Prem. So I think it'd be a good move for him. I am surprised, like George says, that a Premier League team hasn't come in for him. 
maybe just that extra bit of strength. Um, or you know, do you think it's do you think it's maybe just a case of the world at the minute and football at the minute that a Premier League team hasn't taken a chance on him? I think. But, if then, anything, but then again, I suppose you'd argue that a Premier League team is probably better placed than Celtic to take that chance. That's what I was going to say. If anything, I think with the limited budgets now, I think now would be probably the time yeah. for a Premier League team to take a chance on him. You know, they can get him for peanuts, can't they? In in Premier League terms, bit surprised. I've always just thought he's not the most physically imposing, but you know, he's, there's still room for development there in terms of physicality. He just glides across the pitch, covers space. He's quick. He's composed. He reads the game so well. He's good on the ball, and he's left-footed. So, yeah, he's probably probably in, in my top five players actually. I've seen at North End. Obviously, a bit younger than you two, but he's just so good, and he at this level as well. Next 24 hours is obviously going to be carnage anyway in this league. Um, I think if a Premier League club came out of today, say with a centre-half getting badly injured, and you know you can pick Ben Davis up on a relatively cheap deal. I had a, um, I had a couple of Liverpool fans who live local message me yesterday saying, what's that Ben Davis like? Do you think he could do a job for us short term? Imagine that. That'd be, that'd be <laughs> the most bizarre transfer I think I've ever yeah. seen. Right, but Lonna's Lonna's got the move, didn't he? There, so it's like, yeah, true. What do, you, what do you say? But I, I'm surprised. I'm surprised he hasn't got that prem move like like everyone else. But you know, good luck to him, and I just hope we do keep him for the rest of the season. We'll probably know more in 48 hours time, won't we? So. Yeah, just on outgoings. Obviously, Pearson to Bournemouth caused quite a bit of a stir. Um, it was probably, from a North End fan's point of view, quite an underwhelming move to see arguably our best player take what some might perceive to be a sideways step. I think looking at Twitter, a lot of people would probably consider it to be a sideways step. What did you all make of his comments? Jim, I'll come to you last on that. I'll just let you have a moment to think on like the other day. No, no, I can't. No, I can. I can come out of this first because I've I just come out of the shop and I was like, right, okay. I got and I'd seen the tweets before I'd even listened to the interview. So obviously, I take and that's not something I usually do. I don't, I'm not usually dead emotionally reactive to stuff like that. But I'd seen the the little snippets that had been put out, and I was like, you bastard, as if you've said that. So I, that's when I was like, right, I'm having you here. But then I listened to the interview. What, what I didn't was think it? it Get in the bin. Get in the bin. Um, but like when you actually listen to the interview, you can't really disagree with what she's said. You know, he spent the last three, four, five years. Well, he's been there five years. He spent the last four years rattling other fan bases, and he just rattled the, the entire North End fan base with his post. You know, his exit comments. I'm like, well, what did we expect? This is Ben Pearson. You know, I think I don't think it is a sideways move. I think it is a step up because Bournemouth have been a Premier League club for the past five years. You know, we can't look past that. Yes, the, the, they've got a tin pot stadium and they've come up from <laughs> League Two and bypasses on the on the way over the past 15 years or whatever it is. But On that, though, you, surely you just point the finger at the club infrastructure and say that that's our own because we've not got something in place where we can progress. Yeah, but they've got a Russian owner, Jake, so it's not like the shop, they've got this lad's just we, chucking money at him. Yeah, and Trevor doesn't chuck money out as he keeps us afloat and he keeps us going. Yeah, and, yeah, you know, yeah. it, our transfer record's not been broken for 20 bloody years. So, and I, I, that's not skitting Trevor at all, by the way. I'm just saying, 
a Russian person coming to, to England and pumping money into a football club has one ambition and that's to get to the Premier League and that's what he's done. You know, they can't develop Dean Court. It's at the maximum it can be developed. So yep. unless they build another stadium, that's where they're going to stay. But I think it is a step up. I think it's a club that's in the top six. Not sure about the manager. Um, whether he lasts the rest of February, I'm not sure because I think they'll look at the results, think, no, we don't want to be sixth and probably pull the trigger and get someone in that they can should get be higher. Top two. Oh, of course they should. Have you seen their squad? Yeah. Yeah, I, looked, I watched unreal. the game on Friday night. I watched the game on Friday night and I thought, these are nowhere near six. They, they, they would they, like squad on paper against actual performance, like poles apart. I like, bring on Jack Wilshire. I mean, Christ, he was one of the best English centre midfielders of the past 10, 15 years at one point, you know, and he's coming off, off the bench for the championship team. I mean, come on. Yeah. I think if you look at us as a club, we've never been in the Premier League. He's just moved to a club who's been in the Premier League for five years in a row. Uh, it, it, it's simply not a sideways move, is it? You know, he's probably getting 25, 30 grand a week there. It's a nice part of the country. They've got a good chance of going up, much better chance than North End. It's a fresh move for him. Bournemouth, you know, if you do well at Bournemouth, you'll probably get a good chance of a Premier League move or you can get promoted. It's, you know, I can't see any way that this is a sideways move. I think he could have got a better move, but I think it's still a good move for him. Um, I liked his comments. Um they piss a lot of people off. Nice one, Ben. There's not really much you can disagree with, though, is there? Well, if you... If you there was things getting, taken people, in isolation. Yeah, people getting offended by the uh, the Springfield's comment. He said Springfield's a poor facility, which is true. And then he also said North End had just moved to a new facility, which is a similar standard to Bournemouth's, which again is true. Yeah. And I think it's fair enough. He was asked about the facilities. But like I said, you know, it's... It's people choosing to take things in isolation and get pissed off at them. He said he's gone to a better team with better players. Yes, they are a better team, and yes, they do have better players. Yeah. Um, you know, so I don't see anything wrong with what he said. I know people saying oh, it's burn bridges and stuff like that, but that don't really bother me. I, you know, I think he was probably here for a season too long in the end. Um the club have got some money for him and he's moved on. Yeah. Um, obviously, another outgoing was Fisher to Borough. Summit smells a bit off about that, doesn't it? What, fish smelling off? <laughs> God's sake, Jake. Um, yeah, it's a little bit bizarre, isn't it, really? It's not. It's not offering him a contract piece that has mm. thrown me a little bit. Well, he, he was quite outspoken. I don't know if it was with you, George, or with the LEP, um, saying that I haven't been offered anything yet, maybe a couple of months ago. And then I think, was it Alex said that he was one we were going to look at after the window? But why why would you, you know, they've been looking at DJ for the last two months. They've been looking at Alan Brown for the last, well, DJ and Brownie for God knows how many months. So why leave Darnell until after the window? Yeah. Yeah, surprised me really yesterday when I asked manager about it. How sort of because they weren't comments of someone who wanted to see him leave, um, but it's sort of simply, um, you know, he's gone to a seventh place championship team. I don't think he'd have been too. I don't think it would have been too hard to keep him here, but obviously, you know, it's the decision has come that. 
he didn't really want to keep him and it's all been done very quickly it seems and he's had a great game yesterday seems like he's left on decent terms but yeah if you'd have made a list of a f- like five or six players you just got rid of he, like, he probably wouldn't have been one of them so it's I think when you're looking when you're looking summer and, and they've given you know Harrop, Hughes, Ledson, Maguire new contracts in the summer to not even speak to Fisher is just bizarre and, and Adam O'Reilly no disrespect to Adam O'Reilly and yeah. Matt Hudson yeah and, yeah, yeah. Uh, you know like Alex Neil said a couple of months ago with George I think he's been just a good player for us he said that you know yesterday to George I think he's been a good player I don't think Alex Neil wanted him to leave it's just a bizarre situation he's got a good move that's a good move for him that he, yeah. I watched the game I watched the game against Norwich he was fantastic well, we all we all know he's what good, Neil, Neil Warnock's about, don't we? He's he's a good he's a good right back, Darnell Fisher. Um, so t- you know we're we're weaker there now. We're weaker there. You know we've got Brown and Rafi instead of Fisher, Brown and Rafi. We're weaker there. Simple as that for me. It's just it's a bad move for us. And I think Alex Neil said to you, George, the club felt it was a good offer. Three hundred grand. I mean. It's another good player that you're losing for peanuts, that for me. Yeah, it's not a lot, is it? Not Disappointing. Disappointing. You can't you can't replace him with three hundred grand, can you? No. You can't get a player of the same calibre for three hundred thousand pounds. I mean, we've got yeah. Joe Rafferty for half of that. I mean, come on. And he's There's not lad- he's, no offence to Joe Rafferty, but he's not even half the player Darnell is. Well, the, he's not in the, my the, eyes, no. Because he's yeah. a league one he's a league one right back. You you're gonna have to try and find someone that is a a similar calibre to Darnell for peanuts it's just like it's so frustrating yeah all the Sundays that contract at Rotherham in summer um, he was a good age and he looks like he's had a few good games I've seen him play similar profile to Darnell he'd be quite cheap but then if you're looking at the likes of Josh Emmanuel Ethan Laird it's going to be a lot of competition for these sort of players um, mm. it's just weird to lose to let Darnell leave Someone must have gone on for me behind the scenes, whether it's you know grabbing Patterson's bollocks or just diving all the time. I just don't know what it is, but it, it's an area that we're weaker than we started the month in. Yeah, absolutely. Um, that leads nicely into my next question for you. Then, obviously, we've we've run a poll on Twitter this morning, um, and at the time of recording. Are we, in your opinion, stronger than when we came into the window or weaker or are we about par? Um, the Twitter poll, 16.6% of people said that we were stronger. 39.9% of people said that we were weaker and 43.5% of people said we were about the same. Uh, where, where do you three stand on that? What were weaker for me? I think it's difficult. Because you've got injuries and you've got people on loan, which people view as not being long-term additions. Um, you've probably got you've lost Pearson, but brought Whiteman and Malumbi in, who are two good players. Keeper has been a direct replacement, and he looks very good. Um, also, with Cunningham's come in and Earl's gone out, it's probably a de- decent business. Like not not much stronger, not much weaker. And then Fisher's left, and there's no right back coming. So, and then you've let Harrop and Stockley out on loan, and brought Chad Evans in. So, mm. I, I think it's very sort of not too much 
one way and not too much the the other way. Yeah, there's been a, there's been an awful lot of kicking the can down the road for me this month. Um, I think it makes our summer even more difficult than what it needed to be. I think we could have been a little bit more ambitious this month. Signing Chad Evans for six months, what does that do for you? Not I know not really. uh, people are going to say, why are you picking on Chad Evans? But it, for, for one, it's, it's a waste of a loan slot for me. You're carrying his wages till summer. It's just it's just a weird one for me. Cunningham for Earl, 50-50 in it. I'd personally just prefer to give Earl a run of games. We're not going up or down. Test him at the level. Um, right back, we're weaker. Centre-back, if we sign Kipra, we've replaced Bauer. Up front, you know, Evans has come in. Out wide, we need to add players. Centre-mid, Rag will be stronger. Um, you could argue that we're overstocked there now. So, I'd probably say, go along the lines with Jimmy, that was slightly weaker for me. Um, but summer's absolutely massive because there could be, you know, sort of eight, nine players going out and similar coming in. So, for me, to get four short-term loans in, it's just... You know, kicking the can down ourselves the road. wide open for a massive, massive you got window a lot, in the summer. You've got aren't a we? lot. You've got a lot to play with in summer in terms of the wage bill, etc. Yeah, and and, um, and in fairness, you're giving yourself more time as well because obviously it's a longer window. Yeah, yeah. I think you're going to we'll identify players over the next three four months as well that we want in summer. You know, and hopefully we'll get that business done quite early. Yeah. Um, so that when we come back for pre-season they're already in the door I wonder how much um, of, of what Sergi said earlier about you know you look at the state of the league at the minute and the clubs that I think Ben Whiteman's alluded to it as well in his sort of comments when he joined that you know as much as fans on social media do give the club stick for paying for the training ground paying the players in full you know like like Chris said earlier it, it is something that as a player you, you're going to look at and if it if you were faced with the option of Sheffield Wednesday or Preston North End at the minute, and you know you might say I'm biased because I'm a North End fan, but mm. surely North End's going to be the more attractive option because yeah. you know that you're going to get your money. Yeah, but uh, Jake, I don't think Sheffield Wednesday is the benchmark to be using. I think they're, you know, an no, exception. it's just that's just an example. But you know, you can look at there's Derby. You know, however many other clubs there are in the league that aren't that well run. I think there's, not, there's not being well run and then there's still being a name and still having the financial backing that yeah. will attract players. Yeah. And, you know, as soon as Derby's takeover goes through, then they'll be signing high-profile players again. You know, and it's probably going to go through over the next couple of weeks, you'd, you'd imagine. Otherwise, they'll probably go into administration. So I think that's how precarious their situation is now. Don't get me wrong, we all well run, but I don't think we're going to be much more of a pull than 90% of teams in the league. No. The other, thing I've, the other thing I throw out here, Jake, is that how, you know the season will end in May. We'll actually have time off. Last year, we finished, uh, I think the last season, last game was like the 29th of July. And then the first game we played this year was like the 29th of August, something like that, when we played Mansfield in the Cup. Yeah. So, like a, a month between one season ending and the next one starting, yeah. And it's like the players have the players have had no downtime. I think that's probably affecting the league quite badly now. You know, I think it's quite obvious for for most people that that's probably why the entertainment factor is probably gone. But actually, having three months to be able to recruit and get the right players through the door, and you know, actually, you know, Alex Neil only had twelve months of his contract left at that point as well. You know, come the summer, 
So next season is massive because what do you do about the manager? What do you do about the players that are going out of contract next summer? So summer 2022. Um, it's just good. it's a big window, you know, coming up in summer. And we've said for a while, haven't we? Like there's an overhaul coming. You know, who mm. oversees the overhaul is a question. Obviously, it looks like it's going to be Alex Neal. Like, and it's where you step on after that point because you know this squad needs improving again in the summer. You know, because yeah. once you, if you lose the four loans, potentially five if keeper or another player comes in tomorrow, then where do you build from that? Because you've just lost five players like that. Yeah. I do think as well, if, if Alex Neal does lead us to another top 10 finish, I think there'll be clubs more prepared to take, to take a chance. With 12 months left. Um, you know, I know people don't like Alex Neal, but if he leads us to another top 10 finish, there will be clubs interested in him. Yeah. Yeah. Um, last question then. So this one came in from Robin Brammer or Brahma, sorry if I'm pronouncing that wrong on Twitter. He's asked between sort of now and Monday's deadline, if you could only sign either a centre back or a right back, what would it be and why? Centre back, because I think if Ben Davis gets injured, we're absolutely fucked. I think for me at right back we can play Brown there. I play Malumbi there if we have to. Rafferty comes in as the third choice for me. So be think, just another another example of a centre mid that can play right back. Well, I think look how comfortable he is on the ball in wide positions. Um, I think Brown's much more suited, but I'd, I'd give Malumbi a go there. I think if we lost uh, Ben Davis, then you're looking at Hunts and Story for 20 games. I think that's not ideal for me. Accident waiting to happen, isn't it? I think if you look at, obviously we were linked with Joe Wright, weren't we, at some point this week, who's a centre-half, he can play right back as well. So I think centre-half's the big thing for me. I don't I don't know too much about Joe Wright. I know Ollie mentioned you don't particularly rate him too highly, but you know I think if you can get someone that is a little bit versatile, that can cover the two positions, a little bit, little bit similar to like Tom Clark, how he was a centre-half but could play it right back, I think that'd be fine. Um, I think centre-half is the, the bigger priority out of the two, personally. Jake, if you could sign a centre-back or a winger, what would you sign? Oh, probably still say centre-back, just based off what you've said. Yeah, I don't think we can do anything if we don't sign a winger, though. It's, it's a tricky Do one, anything in terms of the league? Yeah. Yeah, that's Peter out, yeah. isn't it? Yeah. Well, it's heading in that direction at the minute anyway, isn't it? George, where do you stand on that? The centre-back, right-back question, not the league. Um, probably centre-back, yeah. But I think I'd probably rather have a winger over centre-half. I think that's what I'm crying out for, because I don't think... Potts has done a job there, but I don't think he's a winger. I think he's set himself in. He wants to play in the middle. Um, and then you're just relying on Sinclair to be that one that provides a spark. Oh. But Sinclair, Sinclair's often the one that has the least touches in the team. So I just think another option there, you're absolutely crying out for one. Yesterday, just needed someone, especially with the way, as we've said many times, the way games are being played this year are pretty ugly. You need a bit of quality and someone who's willing to have a go. And Yeah, I think that's the priority. I think they've made it quite clear that that's the priority as well over a centre-half. So, yeah. probably say that. I think as well, Jake, up front is going to be a massive one in summer because Nugent's going to be off the books, Malt's going to be off the books, Stockley's probably going to leave. Chad Evans might come back. It'll give us only Reese and Maguire. Yeah. So you need to bring two strikes in this summer. So well, another can we're kicking down the road. 
you know, we've said it before, haven't we, that summer's just going to a massive squad overhaul. I don't think there's any position really, and apart from centre mid, that you can look at in the squad and say we we don't not need to improve. Yeah, absolutely. Um, right, last last bit then, fellas. Rotherham on Saturday. Um, obviously, their last six, they're above us by one position in their form table on goal difference. I think they've scored 10 but conceded 10. Um, the last six games, they've lost three, one, two, drawn one. Last eight, they've lost four, one, three, drawn one. Yeah, what 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 do you reckon? Well, they've won three since we lost them at their place. So they've played, I think it's 13 games in the league since we played them. They've won three, drawn two, lost the rest. So lost, what, eight? Um, I think they got beat off Swansea, didn't they, yesterday? Um Probably one of only a few teams to actually score against Swansea this season, to be fair. Um, yeah, I think it's one of those games where if you, you've got a win, really, aren't you? If you've got any aspirations of finishing the top half, you need to be putting teams like Rotherham to bed. Um, the scoring goals, though, that's my only thing I would say. I think I think since turn at year, they've scored eight goals in the four games they've played, um, putting three past Middlesbrough away from home as well, which is no mean feat. You know, beating Derby at their place, again, Given Derby's run recently, that's a pretty impressive result. So, um, yeah, I expect another tough game. But you just just want that it, attacking impetus to return, you know, especially at home. Just a little bit of excitement, just get get out of team rather than sort of like all the pretty football we had yesterday. It's like we didn't actually create a great deal. So, yeah. just want to see us correct to create and actually go and attack mm. a team. Because we're nothing to lose, have we? Now let's be honest. You know, if we we're not going to go, we're probably not going to go up, and we're not going to go down. So, you know, they they need the points as well. You know, being third bottom. So, I think you sort of got to take a take the game to a team like that. Mm. Jake, I think I said to I think I said to both of you actually in the group chat. I think we've just become quite a defensive team in the last couple of months. With, with without Pearson, without Bauer, I think we're pressing a lot less, sitting in a shape, committing less players to attack. Um, and that's why since Boxing Day our XG against is the best in the league 0.5 per game um, we're not conceding from open play we're very solid defensively but we've foregone a lot of our attacking impetus like Jimmy said um, just trying to find that balance in it I suppose but yeah. DJ DJ has to come in I'd say Brown at right back again oh, Barkey comes Barkey. in yeah uh, stick with Reese. I think if Maguire's fit, they'll come back in. But yeah, like you said, we've got nothing to lose. We're not going to go down. Uh, we'll Alex need a big Neal's run. spoken, hasn't he, about this being sort of a transition period for the club. And I think that, you know, as well as bodies coming and bodies going, that's as much relevant on the pitch. Like yeah. you said, you know, you lose Bauer and Pearson and, and he's had to find a different way for us to play. Yeah, I think at the time as well, we probably considered the most goals in the league, you know, when we started to change a little bit. Um, we probably scored the third or fourth most at that time as well. I think we probably dropped down them rates quite a bit now, but um, yeah, it'll be a tough game. It always is. I think George said it before, it's just never a nice game against Rotherham. Um, you know, but I think we're, just, we're not taking the game to teams from the first minute, I don't feel, as much. 
I just hope we get back to some sort of attacking intent from the first minute. And, was it, you was know, it last season that we were the highest scorers in the first 15 minutes of games? Think, did we say it was the season, season before? before? Yeah. And obviously the crowd has got something to do with that, but you know, got to remember as well, we've got Iverson's new, obviously Brown's playing at right back. Um, Greg Cunningham just come in, Whiteman, Malumbi, Evans. So there's quite a lot of change on the pitch, like you say. Players getting used to the level. Reese is still getting used to the level. So I'd give Reese another run, just let him do his do his stuff. Need, needs minutes, doesn't he? Yeah. This season, like majority of our goals for second half, I think we've only scored nine goals in the first half this season. Um, it's just frightening. Like it's not really starting game. Like and it's the same for both teams because I think we conceded twelve goals in the first half as well. But just like just a little bit stale in it first half. You just want to see us trying to take the game to an opposition. Um, but I think it's just the same across the league, and it's well worth looking at like what other teams are doing as well. I think soccer stats are a good base for anyone that's interested. Like in terms of looking at first half results, it's like I think forty five percent of games are finished a nil nil at half time. Just because like it's just stale. Like I can't wait for me. Can't wait. Just just for players, just more than anything, because they can recharge the batteries and actually come back next season and hopefully give it a go again. Yeah, yeah have some some semblance of normalcy back as well. I yeah, about that. that. I can't I wait. Know. I can't wait until March. That's when the Swedish league starts. So I don't have to watch Joe Rafferty play right back. <laughs> Predictions, keep that in, boys. Keep that in, I'm not asked. Um, 1-0 North End. Jim? 2-1 North End. George? 2-1. Uh, yeah, I'll go 2-1 as well. Can't see us keeping a clean sheet. Oh, God. We've not done it again, have we? All <laughs> four of us have said we're going to win. <laughs> oh, no. That's a, it's a perfect away banker now, isn't it? I hope not. I, I, hope, <laughs> I hope we're all right for once, but... We've got to be all right at some point. So yeah. why, why not this weekend? Um, yeah. Cheers, boys. Unless you've got anything else you want to add, then we can wrap episode 32 up there. No, look forward to our midweek recording. Well, yeah, a little surprise on the way on Friday. Yeah. Anyway. Um, yeah, thank you, listener, for listening to episode 32 of the From the Finney podcast. As I said at the start, you can support From the Finney by going to supported.acast.com forward slash From the Finney. And if you aren't already, go and give us a follow on Twitter um, and leave us a review on Apple Podcasts. Yeah, thank you very much, fellas. Nice one. Cheers. Cheers. Good to see you, George. Yeah. yeah. The the Twitter, the PNE Twitter goat, <laughs> the, the man of the moment. You have to play rock DJ to, as the outro for this. <laughs> <laughs> I'll, ask, good... I'll ask. I'll ask one of the bands to cover it so I can play it. So I can't. I can't play Robbie Williams. Uh, what's, what's wrong with Robbie? Because I'm not paying the license fee for it. <laughs> oh, <right. laughs> nothing, against, nothing against him then. No, 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 no. Um, but yeah, this week we've got a different different outro song for you. It's from. Um, They've been on here before, a band called The Juice, and this is their new single. All right, North End fans, The Juice here. You're listening to From The Finney, and this is our brand new single, Tell Me Tina. Hope you enjoy it.
Shouldn't I? 